Welcome to the Build Your Life Coaching Biz podcast, where you get to learn how to become a professional life coach and start an online coaching business from scratch. I'm your host, Krista Kathleen, a professional certified coach and spiritual business mentor. In 2016, I got divorced and left my full-time job as a registered nurse and decided to bravely answer my calling of becoming a life coach so I could help to change lives as I traveled around the world. And now I wanna help you discover your purpose too. Having the freedom and flexibility to be your own boss and make as much money as you want right from your laptop will be one of the best gifts you ever give to yourself, your family, and the world. In these episodes, I'll give you real coaching combined with proven strategies and spiritual practices in order to help build your dream coaching business that feels perfect for you. Hello, hello, coaches. Welcome to the Build Your Life Coaching Biz podcast. And full disclosure, this is our third time trying to record this episode. (laughs) We are just not having the best of luck today, but the show must go on. Um, So hopefully you all have been following Rochelle's journey inside the Born to Coach Training Academy. I think there's two episodes prior to this one. And Rochelle was our scholarship winner back in October 2022 and has agreed to let me interview her either every month or every couple of months inside the Born to Coach Training Academy so you all can hear what her like raw and authentic experience has been like getting certified and credentialed as a life coach and working towards earning her ICF credentials. Um, So we just completed semester one. Semester one was all about learning how to build the fundamentals and the foundation of coaching at the PCC level, which stands for Professional Certified Coach. And then there's also an in-person retreat in Clearwater Beach, Florida that happens halfway through the program. And we just did that retreat last weekend. So Um, We're going to be talking all about what Rochelle's experience was like at the retreat and with semester one so far, and then we're starting semester two. So with that being said, Rochelle, I would love to hear from you. What was your experience like at the retreat and what was your favorite memory? So my experience overall was really great. I've never gone on a retreat before, so it was really fun to go away and um, meet my classmates. And it was fun to really realize that I did all of that and didn't even notice that I didn't have anxiety, uh, sorry, anxiety, being around new people and not necessarily new, but usually uh, when I have to meet new people, I'm just like, oh my gosh, how's it going to go? Am I going to talk and things like that? And um, I just went into it. And I don't even know when that happened, but it was great that that fear wasn't even there before I went so it was like a meant to be type of thing and um my greatest memory I have to actually I did really enjoy the cacao ceremony I felt that I was able to connect with myself a lot there out of all of the workshops that we've um that we had that was the one where I was really able to just have some sort of experience and connect with myself and the next best memory was at the end when we were all bonding and we just had like our girl time and we were sitting around the pool and the jacuzzi and just talking and bonding that I loved right there. I felt like finally over the weekend, I finally fully like opened up and I was all me and everything was, everything was just fabulous at that point. Well, first of all, I don't think I knew that this was your first retreat experience. So I'm so honored that your first retreat got to be through my program because I remember my first retreat I ever attended and it's still so special to me and I hold it near and dear to my heart. So um, I love that your first retreat will, you know, forever be a part of this experience. So that's really neat. And I'm the same as you. I get so much anxiety being around in people and in social situations. Um, But that's really great that you felt like you didn't experience the normal amount of anxiety 
that you get with being around, you know, either new people or with being around people in person. And, you know, I did hear that a lot of the other students who attended the retreat had those same fears as well of just like, you know, not knowing if it was going to be a safe space and if they could fully show up as themselves and show their emotions and express themselves. But everyone was just like saying, I felt, I felt so safe. And I felt like I could just relax and chill. And so I'm curious, Rochelle, what, what caused you to feel like you didn't have to experience the anxiety like you normally do in settings like that? Honestly, I don't even know because I normally have the anxiety before I even leave the house. Like I'm thinking about it and it's not until maybe like a day or two later that I realized that I said, oh man, I didn't even think twice. I just went. And um, I'm thinking that it's honestly the connection that we already had from before, already being around each other. We didn't really know each other as well as we know each other now, but there must be something there in how we connected that like just diminished that for me because I totally, totally didn't even realize and I was like, wow, that's really great. That's the first time in my life I hadn't had, like, I didn't think about it or I didn't, I wasn't too in my head before I got there about what was going to happen. Can I, you know, can I be me and so on? So I, I don't know, but it has something to do with the connection that we have because it's never happened for me before at all. Wow. Well, you know, that's one of the biggest intentions that I set when creating the born to coach training academy was i was like i want this experience to feel like it's a second family for people and i want everyone to feel so comfortable yeah showing up as the fullest of, of you know expression of themselves and we just don't have you know places like that in our everyday life where we can show up and be our weird crazy, unique, woo-woo self, or, you know, however we would describe ourselves. Um, but you're right. I do think, you know, being in class with the other students the first three months and starting to get to know people online. And then so kind of already knowing, you know, who you're going to be meeting at the retreat and then just getting to like deepen those relationships in person. Um, that's, that's my favorite part about this program is that there is the online part and then there's the in-person part and you get like the best of both worlds yeah and you know now that I think about it I think it's just the way your presence is honestly because as like I'm thinking like why did that happen whenever I'm talking about like oh you know I'm going through um the the training academy or, or even before it started I would always say like Chris is this person who's just so open and she says what she wants and she says what she feels and you know you don't meet a lot of people like that there's a lot of people tend to hide things and it's probably your energy is the biggest reason why I already knew that somewhere back there I knew that I can show up and just be myself because I've always felt that comfort with you from the beginning and that's most likely why I've always had anxiety in other situations because most people don't present themselves that way to begin with. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that acknowledgement about my presence and you're right. Like, um, I was, you know, I think I talked about this at the retreat, but I did so much work prior to showing up to the retreat so I could be fully present for all of you and I needed to heal and I did a previous podcast episode about all of the behind the scenes experiences with leading the retreat so if you guys haven't um, listened to that you should totally go back and listen to that and there was a lot of stuff I had to clear and heal before showing up to the retreat but I do feel that the way an event is going to go depends on the leader's energy. And so I, yeah, I wanted to make sure that my energy was like on point and good. So that way all of my students would be positively affected. And I mean, you saw me Rochelle in, you know, one of our students, Yemi, 
she led a meditation for all of us because she wanted to practice with leading her meditation and group ceremonies. And I was just crying the whole time and like, you know, just makeup running down my face and snot everywhere and tissues. And there was a part of me that was like, I don't know if I should be showing myself in this way to my students at the retreat. But I also think it's kind of important to show you guys like what it looks like to heal and do the inner work and to let you know that like you can do that yourself in these spaces and that this is a safe space to to show up in that way and and to show your emotions and cry and like that so yeah I just want to share that yeah that's a that's a big thing with your presence as well is you're there with the rest of us it's like even though you're the leader of the group, I feel like I'm there with you. Not like, you know, like managers and leaders usually hover and tower above you. It's like, no, we're, we're all together in this. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm glad that you can show up in that way because it just feels like we're all in the same circle. We're all in the same realm and, I don't have to, you know, feel like I'm beneath or inferior. Exactly. You stated it so beautifully. Like we're all in this together, no matter what, how long we've been coaching for running our businesses for, like we're all humans that have very unique emotional experiences as we become coaches and build coaching businesses. And yeah, no one's better than anyone else or above anyone else. Like we are all in this together. So. That was just such a perfect way to describe that. And um, okay, so that that was interesting feedback for me that the cacao ceremony was your favorite part. Um, this was my second time ever leading a cacao ceremony. So I feel like I still have like so much I can improve upon. Um, but I'm just curious, like, oh, oh, well, first, let me give a little bit of a background for people listening. Um, and I'm not going to go into the full explanation. You guys can look it up online. But cacao is, I like to describe it as spiritual hot chocolate. And it's like the raw version of the chocolate as you know it, but it hasn't been heated. It hasn't been processed. Sugar hasn't been added to it. So it's a superfood. Um, the Mayans have used it for years in all of their ceremonies and rituals. Um, it's incredibly healthy, has very high levels of magnesium, and it's um, very heart opening as well and it's a great way to do deeper inner spiritual work and to manifest your desires quicker and so how we did this cacao ceremony was I bought this cacao from a man in Guatemala that was at my previous peyote retreat that I attended and I we prepared this cacao in like like I said this hot chocolate type of mixture with like some vanilla and cinnamon and almond milk and then I had everybody drink it and we did a prayer and a meditation and then everyone got the opportunity to um like do some journaling afterwards or do some stretches or some ecstatic dancing and then we all sat by the fire and like completed the practice and wrote down our fears and shared the fears and released them into the fire so like what what did you take away from that cacao ceremony experience, Rochelle? It for me was more of like a feeling. And I felt, I felt very open, but I also felt very tired for some reason. I don't know if I was supposed to feel that way. And it was just like, my body was calling me to just lay down and be with myself. And that's why I wasn't out there at the, the fire pit. Like I kept looking at you guys and I was like, you know, I should go out. And my body was like, no, you need to sit here. You need to lay down and you need to experience whatever is going on and whatever is opening up. Like I barely even had the energy to get up out of the chair. And I think I ended up like drifting off into a, a short sleep because when I woke up, Yemi said, you were snoring a little bit. And I was like, really? I fell asleep. And I was like, I don't know what it is, but I felt like I just had to sit and be with 
whatever feeling that was. And I was hoping to like either get a visual or something that was going on, but I just let it come over me and figured, you know, the messages may be soon to come. And I, and you ended up saying that, like you will end up feeling this way for some, for like some time after. And I just said, let me be with whatever it is and sit. It doesn't, I, you know, I don't have to have an answer. I just feel this is where I need to be. And I just laid down and let it wash over me. That's so great that you were able to honor your needs and your experience in that way. Sometimes that can be really challenging to do in a group setting, right? Especially like you said, like everyone was sitting out around the fire, but you felt that you were just meant to rest and like integrate at that time. Um, so that's really great, Rochelle, that you listened to that and you honored that and I've seen that in other plant medicine ceremonies before where um, I don't know what happens, but it just makes people sometimes fall asleep. And I remember like before when I used to see that prior, I would like kind of judge people like, why are they sleeping? They're not, they're not doing the work here. They should be awake. They should be journaling. They should be meditating. But, you know, I've learned that we can also do the work in our sleep as well. Or if your body just truly needed to rest, that's the best way to use the plant medicine in that moment. Um, so I'm really great that I'm really excited that you, <laughs> you know, let it show up in that way. And like you said, you didn't put any expectations on it and that you know that you'll continue to get, you know, intuitive messages and downloads and answers as the days and weeks go by. Wow. Yeah. That's okay. Um, so, you know, you already described that you were afraid of feeling anxious going to the retreat, but you were able to overcome that. So what was one of your biggest challenges you experienced at the retreat? So one of my biggest challenges is I, I have the tendency, like when I really need to get into myself, or if I'm stimulated too much, I, I can't really get there. So it was a challenge, even though it was great being around people, but sometimes the energies can be a lot. And then it's a bit challenging to get to where I need to be or where I want to be, which is okay because that just happens in life for me. So in some sometimes I'm able to depending on what we're doing, I'm able to get there and be with myself. And sometimes like, I just need total seclusion. And this is why some of the answers won't come for me until later. Um, you know, whenever I'm, I'm thinking of it or I'll go deeper within what we were actually doing a little bit later on in the day while I'm by myself, because I have this feeling like as a caregiver when I'm watching everyone else and everybody else is going through these emotions I have this thing where I feel like I just want to be the protector and that's probably why I don't really get into myself because I'm looking at everyone else and I want to help and it's just like a natural thing with me I want to help and it was a great lesson to learn that I'm not here to help mm like everyone else has to help themselves as much as I want to like take your hand and walk you there or as much as I want to make you feel better that's not my journey to do and when I realize that it's a bit easier for me now but it's still like when I'm sitting there and I'm in the moment and I want to do it I just have to sit there and be like okay I'm just gonna have to be here, be with this feeling, know that I want to help and just sit with everyone where they're at. And maybe for me, it'll be something that happens later because I'm still going through the emotions of wanting to just jump on top of you and be like, it's going to be okay. And, and, and I can help and I can do this. So it's just like having to sit back, especially only learning it really this year, having to sit back and let everybody else go through their own process and not be that person to jump in and say, I can help. So that was extremely, um, that was a challenge for me while I was there. 
I so appreciate this topic um, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, one, I can relate to it as well of being a nurse. And if, if all of you don't know, Rochelle's currently a nurse and right. When you're a nurse, like you're trained to jump in and help, you know, when, when you see someone hurting or someone's emotional, like that's just, that's just what we're trained to do. And I remember when I first started training as a coach, that was really hard for me to learn how to like back off and be more hands-off and like trust my client that they would get the answers themselves. And I didn't have to like rescue them or help them. And it's kind of funny because like we all go into life coaching because we want to help others, but the way we think we're supposed to help people is not actually really the most effective way to help people. Like I said, in the beginning, right. Learning to become a life coach is a lot of unlearning and undoing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's interesting, Rochelle, that you were feeling that challenge of at the retreat as you were seeing everyone like show their emotions and going through their own experiences that there was a part of you that's like, I need to jump in and like help them out some way when in reality, like they didn't need that help from you, right? Mm -hmm. Like they, they needed to work through their own stuff and their own time. And, um, I, I've recently been attending Al-Anon meetings because I have someone in my life that is recovering from an alcohol addiction. And I took some notes from the meeting I went to last night. And one of the, the guys said, I'm learning how to stay out of the way of God's work. It's not up to me to write his chapter. Mm, wow. And that's so, when he said that, wow. like, that's so resonated with me that a lot of times as coaches like I said we want to try to like jump in and rescue people or save people or help people but like by doing that it's almost like we're interfering with the process with the transformation with the growing the developing so um I can definitely understand where that challenge comes from you but to me it sounds like too you were able to work through it and be with it and I can imagine that as time goes by, it'll get easier for you to feel like you don't have to jump in and help and that you will trust that your clients or the people around you can work through their own stuff. And when they're ready, they'll reach out to you for help if they need your help. Yeah, exactly. It's, ah, it's something. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a work in progress. Um, okay. So my next question for you is how do, how did the relationships change with the other coach training students for you after attending the retreat? Oh my gosh. It just blossomed. It really did blossom because, you know, we see each other every week, most of us, at least if we're on the same day. But, um, you know, you see yourself in the capacity of being in the classroom. But now after being with everyone at the retreat, it was like, I'm around like-minded people. Um, it's like I gained a new spiritual and coaching family. Because I know like, we opened up together, we could talk to each other, we can feel with each other, we can be with each other. So it was just like, oh my gosh, you're this way? Like you learned new things because you, you know, we make these ideas on how this and that person could possibly be. And then you meet them and it's like, oh my gosh, they're not like that at all. Or, oh my gosh, this person is funnier than I imagined. Or, you know, this people, this people, this person person you know talks more or they're more courageous than courageous than I would have thought so it was really good opening up and being around them and learning you know about them and their lives and the things that go on it's like honestly it's it's like another family it's another extension oh my gosh that makes me so happy to hear and yeah it's so crazy that the people that you go on the retreat with, you're like, I probably never would have met this person before in my life or, you know, yep. or, 
or, or just been in this experience with this type of person. And so it, it really does yeah, allow you to get to know people at this like deeper core level and just have yeah, the connections and the bonds that form. And for me, I love seeing everybody like joking around and now we all have these like inside jokes together. Um, and it just makes my heart so happy. Cause you're right. Like it really does feel like a family and that's a lot of the feedback that I've gotten from other people other coaches who've gone through previous coach training programs and they're like yeah you know it was fine like I watched some videos and I attend some online classes and I learned how to become a coach but like with this experience in the born to coach training academy it's, it's so much more than that it's so much like just you getting to change your life and then also getting to do it amongst like-minded individuals who want the same things as you do. Oh yeah. That's pretty cool. That was amazing. Yeah. So how do you think attending the retreat is going to help you to be a more effective coach moving forward? Well, the first thing I really enjoyed is that it really taught me more about being with pain because sometimes like as a coach, you can easily get triggered depending on what people are going through, especially if it's something very similar to what I would have gone through in the past. And because I'm surrounded by like, we were surrounded by, I don't remember how many of us offhand, but we're all going through these processes together. You really had to learn to like hold your face and be with pain, which is what we have to do when we're coaching. Like we're not able to break down with the client while you're coaching them. You really have to sit in, in the pain, in your pain to be able to be that force field, be that space for that person for them to be able to transform. So it's really, it helps, right? It's like, it's like working out muscles. You're working out a muscle of dealing, being able to sit and be with pain. So you're able to just be that, that force. Mm -hmm. um, it also helped with, of course, like maintaining the coaching mindset. Again, it's like all these exercises and the exercises, the workshops that we did were like exercises for, being a coach, being mindful, being that person who that strong coach that you want to be or showing, showing up for yourself, helping you showing up for yourself so that you can show up for your client as best you can. And um, I also thought that building those connections from scratch without being so anxious was helpful because I know from the beginning of my coaching journey, that was always the number one fear. How am I going to talk to people that I don't know? And since I've started, I've been able to talk to people that I don't know. It just got so much easier. And that, that was the number one fear when all of it started. So I'm glad to see that now I'm able to do that. And I was able to go to the retreat and just not have this anxiety, which is why I was so shocked that it was like, wow, my main fear has been so diminished over time. It's like, I didn't even realize when it really happened. And um, I'd really just like, I had that weekend to see how much a coach can really provide to other people just being around each other and being ourselves and what and how powerful coaches can be. Wow. That was a really powerful what you just shared, Rochelle. And I, I just felt the energy behind your words there. And you're right. You know, that was, that was one of the things that I told everyone at the beginning of their treat. I was like, you know, the past three months, I've been teaching you all every week how to lead a really fantastic coaching session, you know, for your current clients, your future clients, so you can, you know, confidently show up as a professional coach. But this weekend, this retreat is designed for you to work on yourself 
um, right? Because that is such an important part of becoming a coach. A lot of times we always think it's about learning these coaching skills to help other people. But one of, I think the most important things of being a really great coach is taking the time to do the work on yourself too. So that way, like you said, you can get stronger. Um, you can emotionally regulate quicker. You can move through your greatest fears quicker and faster. So that way you can really show up and be present for your clients and guide them in that next level of transformation for themselves. So we did, yes, yeah, so many different workshops and exercises as a way for all of you to go deep within and be with those things that maybe you haven't faced or addressed yet. And I know that this retreat was inviting people to step outside their comfort zone in a way they've never done before. But again, that's why we all love coaching, right? We love that accountability to be able to step outside our comfort zone in a way that maybe we wouldn't have done before. So um, I just really love hearing that, like some of the like, you know, inner pain that you were experiencing. I mean, I don't think it was physical pain, right, Rochelle? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So more of like, I'm guessing like maybe the, the emotional pain or. Yeah. Like seeing people cry or they, if it's for me, like with parenting or just things that happened in the, in the past, like we did the big, the, you know, diversity topic, um, seeing people deal with those things or, and other things, seeing people deal with things, it just, it, it, it latches onto you and you just want to like cry with them. But knowing, yeah, you have to be that force field. You have to work on you before you're able to be that force field. Yeah. Well, that's, I'm just so glad to hear that. Yeah. You were able to be with some of those pains and that you are able to develop and tap into your coaching mindset in a whole new way from being at this retreat. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, how have you incorporated what you learned from the retreat into your life after coming home? So the first one I used was um, the laughing exercise. I used that one last night. Because okay. um, working on the case study, like I was telling you, I, I decided to rewrite it. And I was like, this case study is going to be so much me. And I wanted to choose someone else because I was like, do you really, do I really want to deal with me right now? And I said, yeah, go ahead and do it and deal with me. And a lot of feelings came up, especially towards the end of it all. And I had to sit it out. And I was like, okay, I have to sit down now and I have to sit and I have to process because something is bubbling up inside. And it's like, coming through my heart and choking me up at my throat right now of things that um that I want to change and I was like just laugh it out Rochelle laugh it out and I really couldn't in the beginning I really couldn't I was like I don't want to laugh right now and um after a while it took some time and I was like remember just keep laughing at it and it helped eventually I had a breakthrough and I was able to laugh at it and I said man that that was really helpful and it was really helpful because finally something like something deep down on the inside decided to bubble up at this point because you know writing writing that really made me think about things um and things that I want to change and then the next thing is the vision board so I haven't done it yet but since I came home Soroya opened it up and she just keeps staring at it and I said, you know, I told her, you you look at things that mean something totally different, like in the magazine, and you pick it out and you make a story about yourself with it. And I told her, we can do it one day, but I just have to get some magazines that I can cut a bunch of pictures out of. And I was like, you know, that would be really great to teach her how to make a story of herself out of something and pictures and words that were really intended to be some other story so um I was really glad that I had it to be able to show her that because I felt like my board was like I was like oh I don't really know how to do that creative and 
I don't know what to do. And I felt like so many other boards had such a magnificent story behind of it. And I was like, you know, I would really love for her to learn how to be creative from the start or look at things differently instead of just linear and see, just see the differences or see something else. So seeing one thing as something else, that's what I mean to say. Seeing something as something else and being able to create a whole other thing out of it for herself. So that's our next, pro my next project with her is to do that, to really get her critically thinking because she's so intrigued with this board. Wow. So I'm going to give our listeners some context to what you're talking about. The laughing exercise, which I am slowly starting to fall in love with that exercise myself, even though I was really scared to lead it because I'm not naturally a good laugher like I'm awesome at crying but laughing is actually really hard for me so I think that's why I really need this exercise um, this is an exercise that I learned from my friend Jen McNiven who has been the past photographer for my retreats and what we did is we all sat in a circle on the floor and we shared our biggest fear out loud and so one of the girls, her biggest fear was that nobody would attend her funeral, basically like she would die alone. And then what we would do after that is after the person shared their fear, we would all just start laughing and we're not laughing at the person. We're laughing at how ridiculous the fear sounds. And at first you just have to like fake the laugh. And then eventually you end up really laughing. And by the time everyone is like, after you're done with the exercise, your cheeks and your belly hurt so much from laughing, but it just feels so good to like bring a different charge to your fears that always feel so heavy and negative and humor is so incredibly healing. And so I'm really glad to hear Rochelle that you applied that exercise when you were doing the case study. And just so for everybody listening, um, one of the requirements for the born to coach training Academy is at the end of semester one and semester two, you do a case study and I give three different like real life scenarios of like different things that coaching clients could bring to a coaching session. And you have to choose the scenario that you want to write about. And then you write out how you would coach this person, you know, using the ICF code of ethics and core competencies and PCC markers. Um, so Rochelle, it sounds like you had a really big emotional reaction to the original case study that you chose and then I just read the one that you submitted this morning I thought it was excellent but um yeah I think it's really interesting that the case study you know impacted you that yeah no the the one that you read is the one that was the emotional one that's why I changed it okay. because I felt like I needed to write about that so it was like a case study and a journaling exercise all kinds of things that really went into it um by the time I decided to like rewrite it and and um go through it it was like a whole other experience for me that I felt like I need this right now I need to write this wow well I could tell like just this by way, because this is what's going on for me inside right now Sorry, we got a little bit cut out there, but I was just going to say, I could really tell by reading your answers that you put a lot of thought and energy into those. Um, so, uh, you know, thank you for sharing that feedback with me again. Like when I decided to create the case studies, I was like, oh, I just want to make sure that my students like understand how to write out how they would coach someone. But I never thought that it could create you know, even more growth and transformation for someone through going through that exercise. So that's really good. And then, so Rochelle was talking about, <laughs> excuse me, let me get a drink. Usually by this time of talking for so long, my throat starts to dry out without fail. Okay. Um. So Rochelle is talking about 
I mean, it's pretty much like vision boards. I changed it up a little bit and called it the being board exercise. And I didn't come up with this exercise. I got it from my rituals book by um, Natalie McNeil. Um, but basically what we did on day two of the retreat is I brought a bunch of like magazines and arts and crafts type of stuff. And everyone chose three words that described the type of coach that they wanted to step into. And I mean, there's all kinds of different words like essence and courage and bravery and fearless and powerful and, you know, just all kinds of like being based words like that. And then based off the three words that everyone chose, they created a board that described those words. Um, so that way, every time you see the board, it reminds you of the coach that you're stepping into and that you want to become. So a little bit different than a vision board, but kind of similar. And I had so much feedback from everyone who attended the retreat that they love that workshop. And again, I wasn't, I feel like so many people have already done vision board workshops. So I didn't know if people were going to be bored with it, but everyone got really into it. And like, it was only supposed to be an hour and a half long. And I think we ended up doing it for like two or three hours. Like, was, yeah, <laughs> I was like, this is going on for two days now. It was a really good exercise. Yeah, and, and people were getting so into it and so decorating their boards. And I was like, guys, okay, we're going to have to wrap this up. We have other activities. And people were like, no, I want to finish my board. Um, but I I think that I've, I've always heard every time, and I've, you know, led other workshops and retreats where I've done this exercise. And I always think that it's such a good idea to bring this activity home and do it with your kids. And I love that you already brought up that you wanted to do it with Soroya um, just because like it is such, I mean, kids already naturally love to do arts and crafts already, but it's a way, like you said, to kind of bring deeper meaning and purpose and intention into like just spending time with your child and helping them to see the world in a different way. So that's really cool that you're going to do that exercise with Soroya. Um, and then I remember you saying to Rochelle, when I was observing one of your coaching calls this week, that you really enjoyed, you used to have a yoga practice and then being, doing the yoga in the group setting by the pool that, that like re-inspired you to start attending group yoga classes again. Does that, did I get that right? Yeah, it sure did. I was continuing. I was researching this morning. Last Well, before, right after the case study at like two in the morning, I'm here looking up different yoga places because I was like, I want a place that really jives with me and I really want to get back into it for real and I want to feel better. I want to move and stretch better. And that was all ignited because we started again up at the retreat during the morning. And I was like, oh my gosh. I remember this feeling when I used to do it and I was so good at it. I was thinking about at one point, even teaching mm -hmm. and, and then I lost the practice. I just stopped. I stopped going and I didn't pick it up enough. You know, I can still do it and I'll still get back into it fairly well, but it just really opened it all back up for me to like, and inspired me to just keep going, find a new place you know, which sucks because I was used to my teachers and I was used to where I went and I'm in a new place now. But um, I said, you know, you can find that practice again and it can all just flood on right back to you and you can enjoy the benefits of yoga again. So yeah, I'm still looking for a place, but I know it's going to come soon and it that just opened the floodgates. Amazing. And that was another intention of how I designed the retreat. And I put in very healthy practices, right? So we do start every morning off with meditation and yoga by the pool. Um, the place where we order our lunches from has so many like healthy, like smoothie options and salads and sandwiches. And like, I want, you know, the fact that this retreat happens in January and so many new people or so many people are setting new goals in January as a way to improve their health. I love that this retreat like can also kickstart people's health habits as well. And then they can continue, you know, you can remember 
like maybe a healthier version of yourself prior to attending a retreat or like healthy habits that you used to have that maybe you let go of. And then you can continue those as you go home. So I, I got really happy when I heard you in your coaching session this week saying like, oh, I used to do yoga all the time. And then, you know, being at the retreat reminded me that I want to get back into doing those group yoga classes. Yeah. And the food did too. I I actually brought home the menu because remember I told you I'm going to like steal these recipes and make them for myself. And that feeling, once you come home and you've eaten like that for the past three days of that light feeling that you have, it also reminded me of that. Like I was like, remember when you used to feel light and airy and less brain fog? Like, do you really want to take yourself back to a place where you're completely reset now after this retreat? Like you can go back to where you were or you can just continue and continue to be light and airy and have less brain fog and your body just feels so much better so that's why I took the menu with me because I said I'm gonna make these things at home because I even looked up the place there's no locations like there's no sister sites near me so I said well I'm just gonna have to do it for myself so I did take a lot a piece of the retreat with me with the the food that we decided to eat that's awesome and yeah I so I enjoy that as well like just eating healthy because like you said it does reduce your brain fog it does just make you feel light and energetic and in return that's going to make you a better coach and you're going to be able to listen and pay better attention to your clients and um, that's what inspires me to be so healthy in my own life is it makes it easier for me to run a more successful coaching business and to show up you know, in a deeper capacity for my clients. And so I really wanted to bring that healthy experience for everyone at the retreat as well. So it just tickles me that, you know, you're, you're running with it and going to bring some of those things back into your own life post retreat. Very cool. Um, cool. Okay. So we are going to wrap up here. My goal was to have this be about 30 minutes, but I think we went past that, which is totally okay. Um, but the last question I want to ask you, Rochelle, is what's one piece of advice you would give to someone who's never attended a retreat before? So I think, especially because one hasn't gone to one before, that you should give yourself the opportunity like to do something new and to do something for yourself. Set that boundary or set that goal where you put everything aside because that's what some of us did especially like those of us who are parents of young kids or and have families to take care of we were all able to put that aside and come out to this retreat and just focused on rest rejuvenation and meeting new people and personal growth mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like, it's like the vacation that you would never take for yourself, even though, you know, you need the vacation and you need the break. Like you said, to step away from taking care of your parents or your job or your children, but it's just so easy to be like, Oh, I don't have the time. I don't have the money. So like making this as a part of the training, it's a requirement. And, you know, just for anyone listening, if you're considering joining the Born to Coach Training Academy and you're like, oh, I would love to attend an upcoming retreat. And the next one's going to be July 21st to the 23rd. Um, but if you're like, I don't think I could attend it, you, you have the option to attend virtually as well. So and you'll still get the training hours for the program. Um, but you're right. I just, I had a couple of the students reach out to me before attending the retreat and they're like, Krista, I am so grateful that you built this retreat into the program because I would have never like traveled to this part of Florida or this part of the world before. And I would have never given myself the time off that I knew I needed. So I know I really need this experience and I'm grateful for it. Yeah, you're right. I would never have been like, I'm going somewhere by myself. It normally it doesn't happen unless I get like lost in Europe or something. <laughs> it wasn't intentional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, I've been doing the solo female travel thing for, you know, years now, but 
before that, I never really traveled by myself. And I always travel with my family or with my partner, but I think solo travel is so empowering. And, and I know technically you didn't have to travel that far, (laughs) 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 you know, just so everyone knows Rochelle lives in Florida. So, um, yeah, you didn't have to travel super far, but still like just, you know, being in a new city and spending time away from your, you know, your husband and your daughter and, I'm sure that was really good for your soul and your soul probably needed it. Oh, it did. I came back to a child with combed hair and a clean house. I was like, the things you learn when I go away. Wow. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. Well, that is all I have today. Rochelle, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you want me to ask you right now? um about the retreat mm-hmm. um no not that I can think of overall it was a fantastic retreat I am just really grateful you put it together because I loved every bit of it every bit of it I'm it so was just like the growth oh I'm so grateful you came thank you for offering or for putting it all together for us of course, of course. All right. Well, that is it. Um, thank you for such a intriguing conversation today, Rochelle. And we'll set up our interview sometime next month. Um, so that way you can get started into semester two. And then we can start telling all our podcast listeners what your experience like is going into semester two for the Born to Coach Training Academy. Um. Sounds good. All right. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed at this time. And if you're ready to up-level your coaching skill set and learn how to confidently coach at the transformational PCC level in order to help your clients get bigger breakthroughs and better results, then join our Born to Coach Training Academy at buildyourlifecoachingbiz.com forward slash certification. Thank you.